When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you. Midweek edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, you got to go Currency. We are nearing Oklahoma, Nebraska. Plenty still to chew on with uh, the coaching position. We'll dive there. Fit means what to you? As a Nebraska fan with the next head coach, whether it's Mickey or someone else, and we can get into uh, who do you want. That'll change potentially between now and November. More emails to get into. And if you want to give us a shout, phone lines for you uh, to get in at 466-377-6466-377-6186-800-825. 5865 466 Get a hold of us on Twitter. Different ways to do that at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. That's my Twitter. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence is a way to yell at Elijah or say hi. And can also do Hail Varsity Radio. Follow the show at H Varsity Radio. And as always, follow Hail Varsity. Coming up, we'll spend time with Mike Babcock on the change and the uh, showdown Saturday with Nebraska, Oklahoma. Mike Schuhart checks in with golf and foot and football. Shuey's the biggest football fan I know. In hour two, Evan Bland of the World Herald going to be with us. And then a special, special treat because it is Oklahoma, Nebraska. We got to turn to a bootlegger. A bootlegger's boy, Hall of Fame coach Barry Switzer will be with us, our conversation with Barry, in about an hour and 15. So that's how to get a hold of us. Elijah, this is what we know about Nebraska as they prep. You saw a snippet video put out by Husker Football. You've got Mickey in the hallway there, kind of pumping some guys up as they head out to the practice field. I think they're trying to correct the problems defensively. You mentioned it on the line change that uh, no black shirts to be found or seen on the practice field. Clearly get that. Totally okay with that. And uh, you've got some hope. You've got some energy from Mickey Joseph. And and that is going to be super important, not only Saturday, but the bump is real. The bump, the energy and uh, a new voice is why you make a move on top of the results. But sometimes you have a, a voice that's not winning. And the cartoon I refer to is Charlie Brown. Don't know what Charlie's teacher's name was, but Charlie Brown's teacher always sounded the same in every Charlie Brown special. 
wah, wah, wah. I mean, it just, it was just white noise. And uh, the noise needs to be computed and um, relied upon for this football team from Mickey. They'll dive into it. But fit means what? Fit means for Nebraska football, uh, whether it's Mickey or uh, another outside candidate, it means that you you get Nebraska. The other part about Nebraska is, and tell me if if you're if you're here as a fan, that you don't expect it to be 1995 anymore. Trev Alberts touched on that. This is a a new Nebraska, and it's it's way deep in the water compared to what it used to be. That's that's what reality is. Now, how close to the, the mountaintop can you get? That's always been a byproduct of what type of team you field, what type of team you train, and, and if the ball can bounce your way. If you're Nebraska and you're looking at outside candidates, or Mickey, of course, is, is part of that discussion, he, he, he knows about Nebraska. He knows what worked at Nebraska. But there, there are other candidates out there that need to know what, what can work, and it really applies well to the Big Ten. It's going to be about being physical. It's going to be about running the football. And, and the thing that, that made Nebraska special and you can shoot for again, it's what makes Ohio State special, it makes Penn State special, it makes Michigan special, and it makes a lot of the SEC special because everybody's got athletes, but can you have more athletes and a deeper bench of athletes than the next team and, and still bone crush them for four quarters? Can you combine that? Can you have speed? Can you get a run game going? Can you be physical? Can you be sound? Can you be the anti-sloppy football team? And that's what was really good for a lot of years. And then you became elite because you got some elite talent. You had uh, an offensive line uh, like the pipeline. You had uh, Tommy Frazier. You had Brooke Behringer. You had Scott Frost as a quarterback. You had Eric Crouch as a quarterback. It was it was remarkable. <laughs> Uh, with what you had behind center, because that's going to be your, your difference maker in some of those big games, which quarterback play like. But you had an incredible defense that was just stacked with run stoppers and pass rushers and dudes that could absolutely cover one-on-one. You could go man coverage and, and light up a quarterback if you wanted to. Uh, that's what I'm anxious to see with Nebraska moving forward here when it comes to fit and uh, know the region of the country know the Midwest, know how to win in the Midwest, and be able to recruit in the Midwest. Recruiting pipelines are so key. Who's Nebraska have on staff right now that can go around the Midwest and win in a living room? Supposed to be Scott because he was a Midwest guy. Nebraska didn't do so well in the Midwest. Everyone else is coming to the Midwest. I mean, you, you see more and more programs. I mean, Clemson's come in and got a couple of kids out of Kansas in recent years. You're always going to have uh, Kansas City as a hotbed. Can you get better in Texas and St. Louis? I know that's further than 500 miles, but that's going to be important. And Bill Bush is one guy right now that seems to have a recruiting pipeline everywhere and anywhere because of his history. And is that what you mean? You led this off by saying, Nebraska needs to find a guy that gets Nebraska. Is that what you mean by that? That that ability to go and and recruit where Nebraska needs to recruit. 
Yes, and okay. and and it doesn't need to be a Nebraska guy. Yes, but it needs to be somebody who understands how to win in Nebraska, mm-hmm. right? Because we we've just seen a Nebraska guy not get how to win in Nebraska. So is that still something that's important to you that it's got to have a Husker tie? To me, and we'll get into this with Babbers as well, Mike Babcock. The understanding's the most crucial part of of the element is is being able to win with midwest talent wisconsin's embraced it barry alvarez has done it what's wisconsin have big people who like cheese on the lines of scrimmage that's that's where you're gonna hang your hat you can still do so uh in in nebraska in that 500 mile radius um the the modern model a really good story by adam rittenberg from espn there's a, a modern model nebraska can become and that modern nebraska can be seven eight wins creep up to nine maybe you hit 10 it wasn't that long ago you were getting 10 and be good with that and then eventually strive for a bcs type bowl right a new year's day six or beyond be in a big 10 championship game or or be in contention of the west we talk about it like Poof, it's going to happen. Well, easier said than done because you've been so down. Well, easier, it's, been, it's, been, it's been, it's been uh, disorganized. Easier said than done, but damn, the last couple coaches have made it look a lot more difficult than it is. Mm-hmm. It isn't easy, don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't be this hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nebraska was beating everyone in the Big Ten West in terms of recruiting rankings, and I know people are going to say, well, recruiting rankings don't mean anything. Well, they do. That's how Nebraska earns the moniker of the all-bus team because they got all these great recruits, these great athletes that you're not turning into football players. And I get what you're saying here. With You need to build the base. You need to build that, that Midwestern uh, type of football team. But look back to, to the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's Nebraska strong combined with some, some skill talent from across the country. And I think that can still be your base to win. And mm-hmm. it didn't quite work with what Scott Frost was attempting to do. And I think that's because he didn't quite build the pipeline enough while he could have. You know, he didn't emphasize it as much. He didn't emphasize the player development as much as Nebraska teams in recent years have. But, like, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that, like, a a Big Ten West crown should not be uh, this unattainable thing. It should not be something, oh, Nebraska can go win the Big Ten West one out of every five years. No, Nebraska should be able to be competing, you know, on that final weekend of making a Big Ten West, uh, or, or, sorry, winning a Big Ten West crown just about every single season based on the type of talent you can get in here, what NIL is going to do for this program. You got a brand new facility opening up. Like Nebraska should realistically be able to go out recruit every single team in the Big Ten West without even some level of, of crazy, you know, hyped recruiter. You, you just need to bring the, the right talent in here, develop them the right way, and you should be realistically one of those top teams in the Big Ten West year in, year out. Well, it, it's funny because you've you've won on paper you haven't retained what you had on paper mm-hmm. you, or, or you misevaluated in some instances or you've put kids in there that, that just aren't physically ready yet right they, they may be really good but they haven't had as much uh, lab time as as they needed and they're playing and they're struggling because they're they're not ready and with nebraska i mean you have wisconsin you have iowa you have illinois you have minnesota you have northwestern you have purdue and those other teams look like old school Nebraska compared to Nebraska on the lines. Mm-hmm. And and what you haven't had is physically dominant. And once that becomes your 
your mantra, once that becomes part of the fit, whoever's running the show as the next head coach, I mean, that's got to be your staple. It's absolutely got to be your staple. And with Nebraska, it's got to get comfortable with being able to know where you're at, know where you can go, and be confident in it versus, okay, this is my system, this is my style, uh, it's about me showing off my offensive prowess. And it's got to get down to more meat and potatoes fundamental. And, and to me, that's, that's the fit. That's absolutely the fit. Whoever ends up taking this thing full time. Maybe it's Mickey. Maybe it's somebody else. So there's a hundred names out there, and 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 right now, when we talk about who do you want, who can you get, and what moves the needle for you, I don't know. You've got this. The urban's still fascinating, right? I mean, if, t- theoretically, if you're Trev, you can have a feeler conversation over lunch tomorrow or Friday with Big Noon here because they're going to be talking to Trev anyway. If you want to go that route, great. If, if you want to stay the hell away, totally get it too uh, with, with Urban. With, with Urban, the way I see it is he's the most – slam dunk in terms of at least getting this program back to a place where Husker fans are going to be quicker happy like he, he, he's just slam dunk in terms of I think in three years Nebraska's competing for Big Ten West titles if they go hire Urban Meyer and long term who knows what that looks like what it does to Nebraska's uh, image uh, re- would be remain to be seen but like this is a call like if you're Trev Alberts you got to make the call and put the feeler out there just because of the, the slam dunk nature of that hire in terms of the results it'll it'll garner on the football field I think you at least have to make the call well, even if he's not the candidate that you have in mind, even if he's not the type of guy you want around here, you got to make that phone call. Well, yeah, or sit down for that you lunch. Get, you, get, you. you get a, a recommendation from him, and then vet him that way, gauge his interest. Hey, Herb, let's uh, let's go grab a ham sandwich or a steak. Who do you like that's out there? Who can we get? Whatever you do, though, don't go get a drink with Urban. Well, I had to go there. Just have the drink in your office. <laughs> Reach to the bottom desk drawer, pull out whatever, pour one and chat. Fickle. What do you think of Fickle? Do you think he'd leave Cincinnati for Nebraska? That's my question. Because I know he's going to a air quote tougher league, but he's still got a, a ton of Ohio <laughs> ready to go. Um and, and he's won there. He's already been to the playoffs. So that's uh, that's interesting. To the phones we go, who's with us? Scotty is with us. Scotty, go ahead, bud. Thanks for calling. Yo, uh, just a quick comment about Urban. I think after Frost, I'd much rather have a head coach come in who needs to prove himself, somebody, Lance Leopold, Matt Campbell, somebody who can take the opportunity to – reach the national stage, someone who's never done it, someone who won't get complacent, which I think was a main issue that we've dealt with the last few years. And that's just how I feel about the whole Urban Meyer thing. Well, well, I but, totally get but it, Scott. The, the counterpoint to you is, is when you see what happened in Jacksonville, do you not think Urban Meyer is a little bit hungry to go change that narrative around him of being this, this F-up? You know, that could be the case, but I, I, I just think I don't want somebody who gets too comfortable. I want somebody who spends every day and night working at this thing and 
That's how I, I feel like a lot of people think that way also. That's all I got to say. Love the show. Thank Appreciate you, guys. you, Scott. Thank you. Who else we got here? Let's squeeze them in before Babbers. We'll get that name and number in a minute. Uh, 466-3776. No, Scott makes a good point. I think Urban, if he's interested in getting back, will 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 be a grinder. Got Chris on the line here. Chris, go ahead real quick, bud. Hey, guys. Yeah, Urban gets us the West title next year. We got more talent than any team in the West. He would win us the title next year. He'd be gone in three years, but he would win us the West next year. And we'd be in national contention, you know, in two or three years. He do I mean, actually. Uh, if you win the West, you're in national contention because you know you're in the championship game. But he would, it, yeah. Then it just takes one. Chris, appreciate the call. Uh, we'll have more time for you. Phone calls. Who's uh, who's doing it for you when it comes to the coaching choices? Mike Babcock on the way. There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We will take more of your calls. Uh, what's moving the needle for you when it comes to the coaching candidates out there? We are presented by Currency. We welcome in Mike Babcock with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. And can find Mike on Twitter at MDBabs is where you find him. Read him and uh, the Hale Varsity issue out uh, shortly, I know it's gone to the printer, but what a what a whirlwind, Mike, by you and Vogues and the crew to to, to flip in in just mere hours uh, with the Scott Frost news. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing fine, and you're right. The Hale Varsity team really had to step up to get that magazine out because we had to change some things. So, Mike, tell me how you're feeling, how you're processing. Everything since last Saturday to now. Um, you know, it, it's probably like everybody else. I mean, I was surprised. Um, but as I look at it now, I kind of understand a little bit of the dynamic there. It was going to happen. Uh, you know, 642 yards given up of offense. Uh, and, and I think Northwestern had 520-some yards against Nebraska. Um, you, you, you're, you're not off to a good start. You've lost two games that potentially you could have won, and you thought uh, probably Nebraska would have won those games. Um, I'm, you know, I'm pulling for Mickey Joseph. Um, again, it, it's, it's difficult because I've I dealt with him as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always a very accessible player, I thought. Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult to separate myself from that same way with with scott frost it's difficult to see him get uh removed from from the position i but again i understand why that is and uh you know i think he was i think he was cut and given the opportunity to get the the bigger payout um because of what he had done for this university that 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 part didn't surprise me so much Going to go to the phones real quick and, and grab Andy as he's been on hold. Andy, what, what did you want to say about the coaching search? Go ahead. 
well, there's one guy, I guess, I think you guys ought to be talking about, because the other day I heard you guys saying that, uh, you know, you got to try, and that's Zach Taylor. Why not go after him? Yeah, I, I think he's 0-1 in the NFL this season, but I think Zach's... I don't think Zach's in danger, I guess is the way I'm going to put it. He's not, he, he isn't gettable. <laughs> but I think Zach's a hell of a good coach. Everybody's gettable. <laughs> but there's a difference from going to the NFL back to college or going to college. Zach, you know, Zach can totally be a name, but he's... He's, he's off the of Super Bowl, man. He's, he's pro uh, pro all the way. And I don't know about you guys, but if I'm a head coach and Joe Burrow's my quarterback, I'm not leaving anytime soon. You're set up for success for a while. No, I can't argue. Yeah. But that'd be a dream. Eddie, thanks for the phone call, bud. Appreciate it. All right. Babbers, names out there moving the needle for you or you're intrigued by, uh, again, not to, to count Mickey out. That's not what we're doing, but – it is part of the, the discussion point because there's been a lot of names. And, and specifically, back to what Treb talked about, fit. What's fit mean to you? And any coaches out there uh, sync up with, uh, with fit based on observation? Um, you know, I, I guess one coach that I, that I would like them to consider, and, and you know, I, in a perfect situation, um, I probably would like to see Mickey Joseph, like to see that interim dropped and mm-hmm. Mickey be the head coach. He hasn't had the experience at this level as a head coach, but his resume, he's he's been involved in coaching at all kinds of levels. Um, he's, he's a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. He's got the personality. He's got the understanding of the, of the situation. But having said that, um, in response to your question, one person that I would have liked to have seen considered when Scott was hired, and it would be foolish to say they should have hired him when Scott was hired because that wouldn't have worked out. You know, that is Lance Leipold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at Kansas. Um, he did a remarkable job at his home. I mean, when he was there, of that division. Um, I was a little surprised that he even left there. Uh, went to Buffalo and now he's at Kansas. You know, I, I think he's a he's a, an outstanding coach. He had he was on staff here in some capacity. Uh, he understands the situation here. He understands Nebraska. Um, you know, there's that that part of it is covered. But you know, again, it, it, it's a lower level that he has. Most of his coaching experience, I hope to get these things turned off. Everybody seems to think Matt uh, Campbell is the is a guy that uh, Nebraska needs. Obviously, uh, being involved in uh, the Midwest, he probably understands some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, my opinions are just that. You know, there. This is something that. That I'm glad that uh, Trev Alberts. Let's uh, let's switch gears, Babbers. We're gonna we're gonna discount Babbers. We're gonna kinds of things that you're talking. 
Babbers, we're going to disconnect from the from the video stream, and we're just going to give you a shout on the phone. Okay, we're we're losing you. Is that okay? Can we can we do okay, that? Okay, that's fine. Yep, we're going to do that. We're going to reconnect. Sure. With Mike Babcock here, we're losing him on the uh, the stream yard. We're uh, going to do an audible here, but uh, numbers to get in, more thoughts and calls from you, and plenty of email. Uh, Kevin, our our listener down in Texas, likes. Likes uh, uh, a guy that won and actually took uh, Mississippi State to uh, to the promised land, number one. He was all over uh, a guy uh, in um, Dan Mullen. He liked Dan Mullen. We go back to Mike Babcock. Uh, we, we audibled at the line, Mike. Thanks for, for jumping on the horn with us. But you were touching on Lance here. Uh, let's revisit that. Yeah, no, no. I just, uh, you know, he, he's had a great, uh, he had a great run at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, which is where he went to school. Um, he he went to Buffalo, uh, on to Kansas. You know, I hope he gets things turned around there. He, he's certainly a guy that would understand the situation here. Um, but you know, I, I'm really. I just have opinions, and the, and the thing that, that I appreciate is that uh, Trev Albers, I think, will make a good decision based on what's best for Nebraska and a coach that understands the situation here and and can get the job done in terms of making Nebraska competitive in the in the Big Ten West. Um, you know, it, it's that's one of the things when Trev was hired, I thought was just a really a positive was that uh, you know he made some tough decisions that at uh, Omaha, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, he's willing to make tough decisions here. He's a, he's a good person for this uh, for this search, and I'll respect what he does. But like I said, I would like to see the interim drop from, from Mickey's name, but um, I understand the situation as well. Mike, do you think it might almost be better to get somebody who is is not from around here, somebody who, quote-unquote, doesn't, doesn't – get the tradition of Nebraska just because of what you were just saying, somebody who is willing to make the tough decisions in terms of, well, maybe you, you want to cut back on the walk-on program just a little bit. Well, well maybe uh, you don't want to have that Tom Osborne influence over the program, or even though, uh, you know, he's, he's not a part of the program, like kind of that, that cloud over the program that is Tom Osborne and, and his legacy. Do you, do you think it might be better to get somebody that, that isn't, you know, a, a Nebraska football guy? Well, you know, there's something to that, Elijah. I mean, I think that, that that's a possibility that, you know, we get hung up on this. Uh, well, you got to understand the the uh, Nebraska situation. The, the Nebraska way almost. Yeah, yeah. And you have to understand the Midwest, and you have to understand coaching at a, at a school, the only, you know, the major college in the, in the state, but it's a state of uh, 1.8 million people. You know, that, that impacts recruiting. What you can do there, and you have to be able to recruit. I think coast to coast is, is you know, Nebraska's had Mike Rozier was from New Jersey. Nebraska got, uh, you know, Steve Taylor from California, Turner Gill from Texas. Um, some of the significant names in the in the development of that offense that led to the national championship, Tommy Fraser from Florida. Um, you have to be able to do those kinds of things. And uh, it's not just understanding Nebraska, it's understanding what you have to do in order to be successful in Nebraska. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a Nebraska person. 
Mike, real quick, about 90 seconds. Mike Babcock's with us Saturday. Nebraska-Oklahoma, thoughts on the rivalry? And quickly, does Nebraska get a bump from Mickey? Um, you know, that's, uh, it's really interesting because, you know, Mickey, at recruitment, it came down to Nebraska and Oklahoma for his recruitment. Um, and I think that uh, the quarterbacks in Oklahoma at the time were Jamel Holloway and, and uh, Charles Thompson. <laughs> Casey's dad. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting from that standpoint. But, you know, I think uh, I think Mickey will have them ready as, as well as you can with such, such short notice. But uh, it'll be interesting, and I and I hope it's a hope it's a competitive game. Uh, you know, I think it'll it'll be competitive, uh, and it just comes down to that new voice, Mike, and and I'm anxious to see how that can flip in a positive way for Nebraska where maybe it's another tight loss, but maybe it's a, it's a, it's a stepping stone for the rest of the season. It's a, it's a tough ask, tough, tough ask to, to get Oklahoma game one out of the gate as, as interim, but um, we'll see how Mickey handles it. Mike, about 15 seconds. What's coming up in the issue, the new issue of Hale varsity. Um, you know, football obviously related to uh, uh, the new coach and uh, situation. Brandon did a nice thing on analytics on where Nebraska should have been with all these uh, close losses. Right. That's the question here with all those close losses. What 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 should Nebraska's actual record have been <laughs> and, and compared to what it was? Mike yeah. Babcock, follow him on Twitter at MDBabs. Read him with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine and get a subscription today. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Babbers, we will see you Saturday for Nebraska-Oklahoma, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good stuff from Mike. Always appreciate that. Mike Schuhart is going to put on the eye black, talk some big red, and uh, Evan Bland. Barry Switzer, less than an hour away on Hale Varsity. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Mike Schuhart, Wilderness Ridge coming up. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. We'll get a jump in real quick. Will, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yep. Two things. Uh, first off, I think we still have a Bill Moose hangover with Davison having so much input in the football program. I have a feeling that was part of Frost's biggest problem, having a friend like that be his direct boss above him before Trev, you know. And so I think Davison needs to be asked to stay away from Mickey for a while. So he can do his thing and not have that input from player to player. You know how that goes when you have players talking, hey, we should do this. Remember, we used to do this, you know. Uh, That's that input. And second thing is, when you talk to Switzer, see if he remembers the kid from Lincoln, Nebraska from 1980. 
I was I went to his football camp and Troy Aikman was my roommate. I separated my shoulder. I separated my shoulder the first day. Troy stayed up the whole night putting ice on my shoulder with me. Did he? And so it's it was really yeah, it was my kids still don't believe me, but I've got a picture of all of us together and I have it hanging up on my board at home. My kids my kids are going, I can't believe you did that when you were young. You know, only only Switzer can, can have a guy like Aikman bust his leg transfer and Here's yeah. here's here's Jamel Holloway as a true freshman to go win a national title. But if you picture the kid Sunshine from uh, Remember the Titans, you know that's what Troy was like back in high school. Exactly him. I can so hear Barry. Uh, Son, you're going to need to cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, my my thing is, I think we got a hangover with Bill Moose still from with Matt Davidson. Matt Davidson's a great guy and everything like that, but. You can see him hanging around the program too much, and that's not his job. You know, he needs to be there for support, not to be given input. Well, so, I, I think, I think, and I liked Bill. I liked being around Bill Moose, but Bill's lack of supervision, I think, uh, inch-mile type discussion, right? You give somebody an inch, they take a mile. I think, yep, I yep, think yep, you can yep. relate back to that with uh, somebody maybe needing more supervision than, than what was given. Correct, yep. But I really appreciate your show, gentlemen. I listen to you every day. So uh, you take care and uh, go Huskers. Well, you take care, bud. Appreciate it. Enjoy Nebraska and Oklahoma. We'll uh, get Shuey on the horn and uh, get his take because, well, Shuey Shuey grew up on Nebraska, Oklahoma, and plus fall golf is undefeated. So we'll uh, no doubt mix in some football here. We'll have plenty of time call-wise for you. Uh, at 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Switzer is coming up here at 520. So we'll talk to the uh, bootleggers boy, Hall of Fame coach, national champion, and Super Bowl champ. We talked to Barry uh, on Monday. Uh, Switzer is headed to the Kansas City uh, Ram. Check that. Chargers game. uh, Tomorrow night. And then he is making his way back to Lincoln. So excited to Maybe catch up with Barry this weekend, but he was gracious enough to sit down with us and uh, and talk some football. So uh, we are talking Nebraska. The uh, task at hand is to welcome Oklahoma, right? Number six coming to town. They are new. Mickey is not new to Lincoln, not new to this staff uh, this season as far as his influence and how he wants to go about doing things, but now a new role. He is uh, leading the program. Uh, that is big for Nebraska. A new voice. Does that translate into better play? I know he's already for sure taken over uh, a different different method, and that is to to be physical, to be tough, to be detailed in practice. All the things he said in his press conference Tuesday, uh, he is doing in practice today and, and did so yesterday do we have him uh we have mike but we got tom first tom thanks for hanging go ahead hey great uh, great talking with you guys uh when you have barry on the phone you might uh, ask him if he remembers this uh i think last time nebraska played down in oklahoma was that last year it was last season yes yeah, they had a bunch of sports writers and uh, telecommunications people re- uh, reliving old stories and stuff. And they finally said, hey, we've heard all these stories before. What's one you haven't heard of? He says, I got one. And I can't remember the guy's name. He says, I got one. We went up to Nebraska. One of uh, Broderick Thomas was talking about keys to our house. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge game. 
we went to the bar and and Switzer's drinking with all the Nebraska people. Never <laughs> seen anything like that. They were having the greatest time and they were drinking Ouzo, Uzo, and they're calling it Oklahoma University Zo. Yeah, that was us with Barry. We we got him uh, a little uh, a little fun, and uh, he missed the <laughs> he missed the uh, Tom Osborne Friday night thing uh, that they used to have before the game. <laughs> well, the, the Osborne show up. Uh, he dressed as a chef and bringing tacos. Uh, did Janda's yep, yep. show uh, six well, years ago. He had his leg in a cast. He was kind of handicapped. But, oh, okay. Uh, his, arm, his arm wasn't broken. No. <laughs> <laughs> his taste buds were if he's hammering Uzo. <laughs> Thanks Chasing for Chasing it with beer. Oh, good for Barry. That's funny. He's a good time. It Thanks, was for a the, good story, yeah. Thanks for the phone Yo, call. You bet. Um, it's pretty bye. good. Let's get uh, Shuey on real quick, get his take on things. Shuey, you, you take in the 11, you lay in the 11. No, I'm taking the 11. All right. So you're a little Mick energy. Is that what you're saying? That's right. How are we feeling? Lose, wait, 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 wait. How can you lose? You it's said like what now? get blown out. You said a little Mick so. energy. That's right. I like that. <laughs> New look. Mayor Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I, I misheard you for a second. <laughs> don't, don't hammer that delay. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> so, Shuey, we've got a couple of minutes here, and we'll hold you over for next segment, too, if you got time, uh, just yeah. so we don't short you. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge. But what's your take on the week? I haven't talked to you uh, one-on-one on this, so we might as well just let everybody hear. I mean, are you surprised? What do you think? No. I, I mean, it was just a matter of time that that was going to happen. You know, was I surprised it happened then? Maybe a little, but not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a they had to make a statement, you know, and all the things they've said have, have made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this is about the football program. You know, if they wouldn't if they would have waited for the buyout, that would not looked as good because mm-hmm. then it's more about trying to save money. Yeah. than it is trying to save the program, right. you know. So they did all the right things at the right time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they made all the right comments, you know, mm-hmm. even with Mickey up there, yeah. you know, and Trev talking. I mean, it's it's all about the kids and, 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 and the program, you know. This is – the program is what it is. No mm-hmm. person is bigger than the program, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get that across to everybody, get that across to the kids is that we care about you guys. You're working hard, and we're going to try to do what we can to put you in a position to be successful. And uh, obviously, that that hasn't been the case in the past. Mm-hmm. Mike Schwartz with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, about 30 seconds before we got a hard out, and then we'll pick you back up here uh, before the uh, top of the hour. But uh, Mickey is, is tackling in practice. Uh, it's not too in touch anymore. Uh, it just blows my mind, and I know it's a different era but it just blows my mind that it's not been as physical. No, I mean, it's like, that's just like anything. I don't care if it's football or golf. It's like, if you're not very good at it, you have to practice it to get good at it. Mm-hmm. You can't just read about it or watch <laughs> film about it. I mean, you actually have to do it. So you figure out how to do it, you know? So that's the craziest part is that, and I get all these people are like, well, you know, it's just a new era that you don't you don't really tackle. Mm-hmm. 
is the injuries and the physicality of it. But it's like, if you don't know how to do it, man, you, when are you ever going to learn how to do it? Well, man, I've been reading so many self-help on my, on my golf swing. This explains a lot. Yeah, we're going to send you to Shuey. And then Shuey's going to be like, uh, don't have time. Sorry, you're not exactly. fixable. Mike Shuey, Art Wilderness Ridge. Shuey, hang on. We'll wrap up with you. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mike Babcock, your calls, Mike Schuhart, Wilderness Ridge, Barry Switzer, 30 minutes away. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Shuey, I uh, sent you a, a, a clip of Bob Knight playing golf, and it was a instructional deal where we'd air it, but we can't because uh, Bob Knight was, uh, was doing the art of swearing per Mike Leach. Uh, do you think Switzer's any good at golf? Let me ask you that. You heard any rumors? Uh, man, I don't think so. No way. <laughs> no. He's probably better now than he was. But, sure. Uh, no, no chance. He'd be him and Tom would be a good battle. I think. I think T.O. ditched golf for fishing. Yeah, he hates golf. <laughs> <laughs> He'd rather fish than golf anytime. Mm-hmm. So, who's moving the needle for you? What candidate out there? Oh, what candidate out there? You, uh, you in the urban uh, camp or no? No, no urban. Okay. I need a guy. I need a guy that is going to be here. <laughs> not, Availability's not, key not, for you. <laughs> yeah, kind of. The guy that wants to come here. That's that looking at this as a place he's staying. Mm-hmm. You know, Urban would come here to do what? Just to be Urban, mm-hmm. to prove everybody that he's the greatest coach ever because he can take this and make it work, which mm-hmm. he's good at. Mm-hmm. But no, he's not the guy I want. I mean, I want, I want a guy that is, you know, like Matt Campbell, uh, Rule. Um, I mean, a couple of guys I like because I just like where they came from and what they've done. Mm-hmm. You know, is a climbing down at K State. Um, Kansas coach Leopold, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, I mean, he's done a, Kansas was a train wreck. Big time. It's just horrible. That was, all, that was a less miles tire fire. Yeah. So it's like, they kind of went the same route trying to bring a name in there and do something. It's like, no, you know, it's like, you got to bring a coach in there. And it's like, that's my whole thing in the last bunch of years. It's like, I just don't feel like they've ever done their due diligence well enough to identify the proper candidate. They've always put somebody in place that was appropriate for the time and the situation they were in. I don't think they ever really found the best candidate for the job, you know? So it's like you bring in Mike Riley because he's the opposite of Bo Pelini. It's like, why don't you bring in the best football coach? Yeah. Like I, I tell you what, in order to, to find out what what a guy is like, you got to play eighteen with him. So I think you should send Trev an email, open up Wilderness Ridge for all the all these coaching interviews, and then you're our inside source. Let us know who Trev's talking about. Yeah, don't tell anyone else. Just say, hey Schmidt, you want to play uh, eighteen or Schmidt oh, pour, pour a beer at, at, at the turn <laughs> for us, but stay the hell away. Should we? Uh, Great about, idea. About, Schmidt can be the cart girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's sick, sick, sick man. Uh, about ten seconds. Should we? Where can folks uh, log on to uh, to get a, a membership with you at Wilderness? Yeah, just log on to wildernessgolf.com. They have all the information on there. Everything we got going, all the stuff that's happening. I mean, and 
changing daily out here with all the things that we have. Um, fall golf is here. Awesome. Best time of the year to play golf. So log on there, get all your information, all your contacts you need of, of memberships and lessons and club fittings and anything you need with golf. It's right there. Shuey, enjoy Nebraska, Oklahoma, bud. Thanks for the time today. Thank you. You guys be safe. We'll do, bud. You do the same. All right. Love him. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Evan Bland, Barry Switzer, Hale Varsity continues. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office. Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Hour 2. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo, we say hi to Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald. Evan, crazy week. We've seen each other a couple of different times at two different press conferences, one from Trev on, on Sunday and Mickey yesterday. How's your week been? How are you processing, well, what's new in Lincoln? Well, it feels like it has to be at least Thursday or Friday, just based on how the week went, right? Like, yeah, coming in on Sunday, didn't didn't expect the day that uh, that turned out to be. And then uh, Tuesday, which was off rhythm, too, with Mickey's presser. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild week, man. I mean, we spent all offseason sort of shaping up how the season might go and, and how this game and that game, and, and all of a sudden – you know, Oklahoma week's here, and I think a lot of people have thought very little about uh, the actual events on the field coming up Saturday with so many other big things going on. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a time, I suppose, of reflection. It's been busy. Time, time's looking ahead, too, what this program is going to be. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a heck of a time to be following Husker football. feels like a real big turning point for sure. We will get into some of the candidates and, and Mickey's task. But let's spend a minute on Saturday. It is Oklahoma. It's nostalgic. It is two rivals that shaped college football for decades. With this change, do you like Nebraska's chances better 
or worse? And that's not a shot at Scott. That's a that's a question because what was working or what was in place wasn't working. I'm talking from a team mentality and energy standpoint for Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like history would say that they'll be in a pretty good spot. I mean, Nebraska doesn't have a ton of history to fall back on here, right? You think about Bo Pelini leading the Alamo Bowl in 03 as the interim and Barney Cotton in 2014, um, you know, and, and I've talked to a couple of players from those teams this week and, and their thought kind of was that when they played those games, it was, it was a relief. It was like, well, the thing that happened happened and there's really not much else to lose at this point with football still being played. So let's go out there and, and let it all let, let it all loose. Like you don't have to play tight because what's the what's the worst thing that can happen at this point? So I think certainly you've seen that at Nebraska. You've seen that at other schools too. When a change is made, uh, oftentimes those those interim coaches are able to rally the players. And um, you know you, you think about how drastic some of these changes are and, and, and how kids process that playing an actual football game is probably the best thing that you can do is get back into a routine focus on what you know focus on the sport on the game uh and that's going to help you block out a lot of the outside noise about candidates about what happened and all this stuff so uh i, I think you you combine that with the fact that um you know mickey joseph is a charismatic uh, relational guy and i'll be really fascinated to see what he's like on the sideline what's what's his demeanor like with players um, you know, I mentioned Pelini in 03. I felt like that was a great example of how you could just see, like, the energy that he injected in, in, into that team and the way that that team rallied around him. I wonder uh, if we're going to see something similar on Saturday in a situation that, like you mentioned, doesn't really need all that extra, all that much extra hype anyway, given that it's Oklahoma, that it's here, it's a national contest against the top 10 uh, opponents. So uh, I feel like the intangible part is probably the thing uh, that an interim coach can change the most in the in the shortest amount of time, right? He's not going to overhaul the defense, and you're not going to see a different offensive scheme. But I think what you might see, uh, again, is some of that intangible stuff, and we'll see how that translates onto the field. Evan Bland is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Evan, one thing that's been talked about on social media today is, is a Twitter video, and I think it was an Instagram video as well, from the Husker football team where uh, they showed some practice highlights from today, and, and most noticeably, there were no black shirts on the field. And, and I kind of want to get that, that, that same uh, message you just had there about the, the changing mentality. I mean, we're not sure if that's a, a coaching staff decision or a, a player-led decision, but uh, I think that could lead to a different mentality as well whenever you realize there's probably going to be 11 guys out there on defense this weekend, and, and all of them are playing to try to get their black shirts back. Right. I mean, and, and Mickey Joseph said as much on Tuesday, saying this is you, you sort of start from scratch at this point. This is week one of one, and, and that'll be the case next week, too. And uh, certainly, even if Scott Frost were still the head coach, I'm guessing that that particular unit was not at all happy with how it performed. And so maybe you know we'll find out this weekend, but maybe that was a player-led thing. Maybe that was a coach thing. Um, but, you know, at this point in the year, like, yeah, stuff like the black shirt seems so superfluous, right? Like, let's get back to just fitting your gaps right and, um, you know, limiting the run and, like, just basic things. Like, that, the black shirt discussion, all that, um, you know, I, that's that's sort of the next step. And let's, let's, I think they're, they're sort of focusing now on, on getting back to basics. And Oklahoma certainly is 
uh, going to provide a challenge for that uh, after what Georgia Southern did. So sometimes that can be a good motivational tactic. Maybe that uh, was another example of something Mickey Joseph did after reshuffling around some assistance and going back to more tackling and switching their off days. Maybe that's something else that uh, will play a part in that. But certainly there's no, there's no doubt about it. When you talk about evaluating these last nine games, I think the thing holding Nebraska back the most that maybe can be changed the least is, is how that defense has performed and specifically stopping the run. So uh, we'll see how much motivation or how much uh, you know, some of these changes affect the performance on the field. But it, yeah, I think most people would agree it's probably fitting uh, that either you don't have a black shirt or you just don't, you don't worry about that particular thing right now as you're just getting back to basics. Evan Bland, a few minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, find Evan on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. I want to go to Frost for a moment. And I, I know when doubt crept into my mind whether he could get it done. Uh, we were in Boulder. It went from uh, a great first half, and I know that's pretty soon. That's just year two. But that huh. game really turned the season on its ear, and it was a – uh, it was a precursor of things to come when it comes to tight ball games, right? And, and Nebraska never was the same in 2019. 2020 was COVID. And then 2021, uh, a lot of the same when it came to, to, to clutch moments and leadership at the top. Did you, uh, did you have doubt before this year or even last year? Or is there a moment covering this football team, Evan? You, were, you had that question mark and, and, and thought bubble about the direction under Frost. Um, yeah, I would say there were a couple moments for me. One would, from a game perspective, I would say the Iowa game at the end of 2019, how that played out, the the chaotic nature of that final drive where Luke McCaffrey came onto the field for a play, and then Adrian was back out there, and you know, probability said Nebraska would win that game, but the way that they they blew it by just not being fundamental and, and being so disorganized in so many ways. Um, that to me was one where it was just like, man, you know, this is the end of year two. A lot of these guys out here have been in the system for a couple of years, and this is what that comes down to. Um, you know, off the field, I would say it was the the um, the lack of willingness to make change sooner. I mean, you think about some of the changes that they made this year. Uh, I think that they should have been made a couple of years ago. I mean, there were a lot of people myself included, who thought, you know, how about a special teams coordinator, a designated special teams coordinator two years ago? How about, uh, you know, making some other some other staff changes after coming off of, um, you know, yet another losing season, and, and he stood pat with that staff. And then, uh, obviously, a year ago, um, some of those changes um, because of the pressure that went into that. But it just felt like, you know, somebody who's, who's going to be really aggressive about winning and, and sort of reading the train well, would have made those changes sooner than he did. And it set up uh, a year here in year five where, uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to have things figured out. You're supposed to be uh, a, a, a win now results focused sort of season. And it, and it was just another year of, of new, new people trying to, you know, figure things out, get to know each other. What's the system going to be? What's the identity going to be? Um, so I think that was the other, the other piece of it was acting too late and sort of reshaping the staff and adjusting to what it's going to take to win in the big 10. Evan Bland is with us here. Uh, Evan from the Omaha World Herald, kind enough to join us on a Wednesday. And Evan, looking ahead here a little bit, maybe too far, uh, but a couple months down the road, Trev Alberts is going to have a big decision to make, and that's been a big talk around here. Rather than asking about potential candidates, I do think it's pretty early to start looking at that. I just want to get your read on things. How seriously do you think Mickey Joseph is going to be considered for this head coaching spot? Like, I guess the heart of my question is, 
do you think Trev would rather go another direction or, or do you think he's actually giving Mickey Joseph a, a shot here to earn his stripes as Nebraska's coach? Yeah, I mean, he said as much, and, and I would take Trev at his word that he'll he'll factor in what Mickey does this year. It's an interesting situation because, on the one hand, it's a great opportunity, and you've got nine games, essentially almost an entire Big Ten season's worth, uh, to put your mark on the program, to do what you think you need to do, uh, and to show that you can be that guy. On, on the other hand, it's a tough spot to evaluate him because this is the situation that he inherited, right? I mean, he was hired last December, um, this defense is is not of his doing, um, you know. Kind of the same with much of the offense. Like he he's hired to to be an assistant. He brought in some some pretty good recruits, um, but like it's it's hard to if the defense goes out and gives up forty five again on Saturday. Like how much of that is the fault of Mickey Joseph, and how much do you put into that? So uh, I think a lot of that for him, kind of like we were saying earlier, is going to come down to the intangible stuff. What's his demeanor like on the sideline how much energy does he inject how much confidence does he bring these guys and there are certain coaches that do and 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 i think knowing mickey joseph a little bit talking with him over the course of the last you know seven eight nine months he has a, a personality he has a charisma about him that he could be that guy um but you know there, there's a lot of stuff i think nebraska needs to work through too i mean they they just had a, a former quarterback as the head coach and do, do you want to go down that road again sort of with the um, you know, some of the history that can come with that as opposed to somebody who comes in with a clean slate. So I, I think some of it's about the coach. I think some of it's about the support system and the administration and, and what they want to be okay with. Um, you know, how much how much does tradition need to play a factor in this? Like if the next coach were to come in and say, uh, what if I don't want to do black shirts anymore? What if I don't want to have 50 walk-ons on the team anymore? Like, do I have to do that? I think those are things that Nebraska is going to need to look at uh, with itself and say, what does it want to be about, and then match it up with, with a candidate. So I, I do think, you know, Mickey's got a chance to to show that he can be that guy, um, but it's also going to be really interesting with some of the other candidates that have been put out there, uh, you know, what their read on the, on the job is and how their seasons go. And I have a feeling, you know, we'll look back, you know, a couple months down the line, I, I imagine the terrain is going to look a lot different then than it even does right now. Trev was patient with Scott, gave him part of this season. The job market and jobs that were open a year ago were nuts. I mean, some real mm-hmm. big-time blue bloods that were winning, right? And uh, Trev said best fit. It's not about winning the press conference. So I want to get your take here as we wind down, Evan. Your thought on the Nebraska job. I think Trev's super, super realistic with the history, tradition, fan base, and finances. I think Nebraska can, can compete with about anybody that still uh, garners um, raised eyebrows in a good way when it comes to college football and the name brand. But where Nebraska's at and the recruiting base, comparatively to some other schools, specifically south of the Mason-Dixon line, does Trev, do you think, know that it might be somewhat of a sales job to get who he thinks is the best fit. And some of the Midwest guys that have been mentioned, they get Nebraska. But there could be a couple of other candidates out there that, all right, uh, let's talk. Let's see if you're interested. And you have to talk him into it. Yeah, I mean, that piece of it is interesting because, I mean, Scott Frost is a Midwestern guy. obviously grew up here. But most of his staff was from uh, different parts of the country. I mean, the Northeast, the Southeast, Florida specifically, 
Um, and, and we've seen that while they've pulled some good players from those regions, it's also true that, especially in this era of the transfer portal, it's really easy for those guys, uh, if they're coming from a long way away, uh, from a coast maybe, to want to go home and to, to maybe not want to stick things out. And so I think you know, that's another piece of it that Nebraska is going to have to evaluate is for a, a number of years now, it's fancied itself as sort of this uh, national recruiting program, right? Under under Mike Riley, they went to California a lot, and they had connections on the West Coast. And under Frost's staff, it, it's been mostly uh, southeast and, and, and pulling players from that area. You just wonder, I mean, it's been a long time since Nebraska's had a, a staff that has mostly been based out of the Midwest and, and, and somebody that can maybe get them back into Kansas City or back into St. Louis, um, you know, into Iowa a little bit where they're producing talent at a level that they haven't in a long time. So I think that's that's a big part of it, too, is just kind of figuring out, you know, what's the blueprint? Where can we draw from uh, geographically to get players in and how do we retain them? I mean, that's that's been the other piece, again, is, yes, Nebraska's had some luck drawing players out of the portal, especially in this cycle, but they've also lost a lot of good players in that time too. How do you how do you build some more stability, some more continuity? I think one way that you do that is by really trying to nail down that five hundred mile radius, as has been talked about before. Um, you know, build up the line of scrimmage, bring in guys who, who get the area, who are from here, who are invested in the success of this place. Um, and so I think that's something you have to look at, especially with some of these candidates who, again, have some roots uh, in the Southeast or, or on the West coast. It's just hard sometimes to convince guys like that um, to travel a thousand miles and play football somewhere else. So, uh, you know, not to say that the Midwest roots and ties are a deal breaker, but I do think when you talk about building a roster and, and building continuity, that has to be a pretty big factor that Trev's looking at. Evan, last thought here about 10 seconds. Saw a fun question on Twitter today. Which Husker media member would you trust to pick the next Husker coach? <laughs> uh, oh, you my can colleague, vote Sam, for yourself. Sam McEwen. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do my colleague, Sam McEwen. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd come up with somebody pretty good. Now, that's, a, that's a good take. Sam's smart dude, for sure, for sure. Evan Bland with us, Omaha World Herald, talking Nebraska, Oklahoma, and the task at hand Saturday. Evan, we'll see you Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks, guys. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We are presented by Currency, and we welcome in Hall of Fame coach. He's an author. He's a national champion. He's a Super Bowl winner. We say hi to the uh, bootleggers boy, Barry Switzer, with us. Coach, it's been a while and uh, excited for Nebraska, Oklahoma this week. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Chris, I've fought this COVID like everybody else, and I've got it behind me, hopefully, and uh, got enough antibodies. I mean, my, my doctor said, don't even get the booster. If you got enough to fight off going to the hospital, you will be in the hospital. So I've had it three times, yeah. had every shot, so I'm, I'm backing off of it now. Hey, listen, uh, 
Nebraska has gotten the attention of the world. I mean, not only of their play and getting beat, but firing a coach in the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. My God, I never thought that would ever happen in my tenure, or not my tenure, obviously, when I was around. But Mm -hmm. it is bringing a lot of speculation. What's going on up there? Tell me. Well, it's uh, yesterday was – uh, just a crazy day. Get done with church, and uh, here's a press conference coming down the pike. And Trev made the decision right. to move on from Scott, and it just it wasn't good enough. It was 16 and 31, and you need a new voice. And coach, you've been a, a, a voice and a sounding board to, to people in the football world. You've you've taken these phone calls with job openings. What do you think about the Nebraska job? You know, Chris, I've looked at you know, I called Tom. I'll never forget the day I called Tom and asked him what his motivation to go into to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, he said, well, that's the territory they recruit. You know, why well, never recruited heads up against Tom unless it's over some player in Texas, mm-hmm. some blue chip player we're going after. And but and, and obviously that's a little far south for him mm-hmm. to be very competitive. So he said his always his area was the east and the and he he said you draw lat- the latitude across, uh, uh, I guess the latitude is what goes east and west, longitude north and south. Mm-hmm. I said that uh, he said you that is our recruiting tour from Nebraska. If you write you know look at that with latitudes, you were in Big Ten country. And he says that's where we'll need we need to recruit. And I I think what's hurt Nebraska more than anything is that, that the numbers program when Nebraska used to have three hundred of them dressed out. They were 22 years old before they even got in the huddle, the redshirt program and the freshman program. Really, seriously, man, that's what I faced. You know the average age of every player played when I played, I coached at Oklahoma, was Nebraska averaged about 22.6 years of age. We averaged about 19.7. So you can see that two years of difference, uh, you know, and, and it means a hell of a lot to football, football program. And they had the numbers in there, but – the NCAA limit is, I think, really hurt Nebraska. It's hurt a lot of schools, and probably them more than anyone else. But uh, anyway, I, I hate it. And, and the great tradition of North, it kills Tom. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm glad. I'm glad the Vanny and the Fox are gone. They, they won't believe this. But anyway, it's. Uh, uh, I'm going to be there. I'm coming up for the, this weekend. I'll, I'll be flying into Kansas. Yeah, uh, Thursday, I'll watch the game. Kansas City Chiefs and Chargers, and next day drive to Lincoln and uh, with a group of people and a sprinter, Mercedes Sprinter, and we were staying there. Josh Evans got us rooms, and and we planned to attend the Osborne Osborne event that evening and uh, see some of those old guys that played uh, back in the seventies and, and enjoy it, have a good time. And, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, a- really, I'm sorry for, for Nebraska where they are now having to deal with this crap this week. Barry Switzer with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, excited to have you back in Lincoln and uh, and, and maybe bump into you again. You know, what What did you think of, of Scott? I mean, you, you know Scott. You followed Scott's career. We're all a little shocked that it didn't get done, but I can, all, I can totally see why Trev moved on and, uh, and made the move. Well, I I don't know what the record was last year. Uh, three and nine. Up, three and nine. My gosh! And uh, I didn't know that. And then they start what two losses this year? One and three. Mm-hmm. One, one and two. And one and two. Excuse me. Yeah. 
one and two. And uh, uh, they beat Nebraska this week. I mean, they beat Oklahoma this week. It looked different. I mean, they'd have a different feeling. He might not uh, have that happen to him. He might have been a week away from saving his job. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma struggled against Kent State. And hell, I mean, no, Kent State played football. And the other thing is that you look around the country, Michigan gets beat. You, uh, Notre Dame gets beat. Mm-hmm. You get beat by the, by the non-conference schools they bring there to pay them a half a million, about a million and a half, mm-hmm. and have a win on their schedule. That's not supposed to work that way. I think if they're Texas A&M, they think all the millions of dollars of their alumni have thrown at their program to put them in the top uh, echelon of the SEC, mm-hmm. and they get beat, they get beat uh, by uh, nobody. And so – it was a tragic week in college football, and uh, it got it got Nebraska too. Oh, a name that's out there that you know is Mark Stoops. What do you, what do you think of Mark? Oh yeah, you're not you're not going to get Mark Stoops. He's done one hell of a job at Kentucky. They were a perennial loser. He's gone in there, and made him a winner, and uh, he's done a great job. It's all recruiting, getting players, and mm-hmm. he's been able to do that. So, Mark's. Uh, I'm, you know, I know Mark does a great job, and I'm proud of him. He's the youngest of the Stoops brothers, and hell, he might end up being the best of all. Bob <laughs> had a great program here, and of course, in the Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. you know, our proximity to Texas, Chris, is what makes us. Yeah. If we didn't have that. If we didn't have the proximity to Texas. If our if our school was sitting up on the Kansas Oklahoma line up in Miami Oklahoma, we would we would be maybe like Kansas in football. Mm-hmm. Seriously, because it, we're too far removed from a, a recruiting territory. You look at Nebraska and you look at Kansas, you look at Oklahoma. But, uh, we, our population, the minority population is probably five, six, seven percent. Mm-hmm. It's not that way in the SEC down south or back east in the, um, the large uh, eastern states. So it's tough uh, recruiting now, and uh, but Oklahoma survived it because of Texas south of the border, Red River. Barry Switzer's with us. He'll be in Lincoln for the clash between Nebraska and Oklahoma. Big, big noon kickoff. Coach Switzer, a player that you're very familiar with, you recruited, and uh, Nebraska ended up getting him at quarterback is Mickey Joseph. And uh, I remember. Mickey's taken over as interim coach. What do you remember about Mickey? Where was, where was Mickey Joseph? Was he at Nebraska? He is at Nebraska now. Mickey's Mickey's the interim coach right now. He's going to be coaching against I know, Oklahoma. But was he or was he on Steve's staff? No, he was he was at LSU before he came to Lincoln under Scott. So oh, I was recruiting Mickey Joseph. I think he's out of New Orleans. I think isn't yes, he? yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, I recruited him. He I, he was that's a long time ago. He'd been in the league a long time. Wasn't he in the NFL a while? His brother uh, Vance was the defensive coordinator and head coach of Denver. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, anyway, I know of Mickey, and I don't know what reputation is, what kind of coach he is, and all that. I'm sure he's a very good one. I remember we were trying to recruit him in depth, um, years ago, but. Uh, that's oh, it's hard to believe. I was around then because I've been out. I've been gone for thirty damn years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been a long time. So, Charles Thompson, Casey Thompson, and of course uh, Casey's quarterback in Nebraska doing a great job. Uh, is that is that going to be weird to see Charles's son Casey in a Nebraska uniform Saturday? No, well he's been had a Texas uniform on last year and. 
I saw that, but uh, yeah, it'll be a little different. This portal's made everything different, isn't it? But I, uh, Charles was a great player for me. You know, we got to play two years. Charles was, in fact, Charles was a freshman. No, uh, Nebraska was number one. We were number two in the country when we came to Lincoln. And Charles, I told our team, I said, Charles is going to shock the nation. They have no idea how good he is. And, uh, of course, he, I think he rushed for 130 yards that day. And, and we beat number one Nebraska in Lincoln. And, and that was uh, Patrick Collins and those guys. That was a good football team in defense and offense. But that was uh, Charles here. And uh, uh, Charles had great speed. Charles was a 4-3 guy. And uh, ran my option great, threw the ball great. So, anyway, uh Charles, I've seen both other, but Kendall was a good player, and Casey's a good player. Mm-hmm. It's just different systems today, and you know, they, Charles fit perfectly in my system. Coach, uh, the '87 game you're referencing, Charles uh, was uh, Charles was in because Jamel was hurt. Do you still have right. the Do you still have the Beaver jacket? Oh, my fur! That's my fur, that's yeah. My fur jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, that's what uh, what someone on TV said. You go to Oklahoma, that's what you get. Fur, fur coat. No, we only wore fur, we only wore, wore the fur coats when we came to Nebraska. <laughs> it's too damn hot down our way. Uh, quick, but, uh, what what do you think, Coach, about about Venables and and how's the transition been from Lincoln Riley? How's how's Oklahoma with Venables right now? Well, Lincoln, everybody had a bad taste with Lincoln leaving here and all what happened. I don't know all the real story about that. Bob Stoops was in shock. Bob told me he was surprised that uh, uh, that he, he did not know Lincoln was making a move. So so anyway, it, it, it was a surprise to all of us and it left everybody. Uh, holy cow, I'm in a restaurant. Someone dropped something. <laughs> hey, yeah, I thought they shot at me. Oh, but anyway, it, it, we don't talk about Lincoln around here anymore. So. Yeah. Barry Switzer with us. Coach, we'll see you Saturday. Best to you. you safe travels. And Chris, thank you so much. It's been good to talk to you. We go back a lot of years, big boy. Yeah, we do, Take Coach. Care. Appreciate you. Take care. That's the bootlegger, national champion Barry Switzer with us. Hail Varsity presented by Currency. You want to go see Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, go check out Red Zone Tickets. Selling fun since 2001. And if you try to get rid of tickets, don't know why you'd be wanting to get rid of Nebraska, Oklahoma. But Red Zone Tickets buys and sells tickets. So you want Nebraska football tickets? You miss out on volleyball last night. Creighton basketball is going to be incredible this year. NFL, want to get down to Kansas City. Switzer's there tomorrow night in Kansas City. Uh, College World Series, uh, redzonetickets.com. They're local. And they're in Omaha, and they are A-plus when it comes to their Better Business Bureau rating. They're reliable and a 100% guarantee to all your orders. You'll receive authentic tickets and experiences that you'll never forget. It's time to check off that bucket list, create memories uh, that last a lifetime. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. That's RedZoneTickets.com. And uh, they're there for you, man, when it comes to all the sporting events, theaters, concerts, CWS, college basketball. They make it happen. Dave Matthews is going to be in uh, in Omaha in November. Uh, you want to go see Dave? Uh, 
Love Dave. Uh, RedZoneTickets.com. So that was fun to get, get caught up with Coach Switzer. We'll have other anecdotes as we lead up to Nebraska-Oklahoma with our other conversations over the years with Barry. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio. And uh, time for a Jock Doc Wednesday with Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, a lot of groans from Cowboy fans. One was, well, the showing against Tom Brady in Tampa. Two was uh, their quarterback, Dak Prescott, jacking his thumb. It is broke. His theme will be resilience and good for Dak, but we're talking six to eight weeks. And give me a thought here on, on this thumb injury. We've, we've touched on it a little bit because Casey Thompson played through it last year while at Texas and, and had to have a procedure done during the offseason. Dak... I, I, you know, I haven't seen much whether he's had 40 pins put in or it's a clean break, but it's pretty detrimental to a right-handed thrower, uh, even when and if he does get back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, probably the biggest issue here is just from the you know gripping the ball perspective. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, if you can get through that part of it, you can start to you know have some discussions about. I just want to play through this, deal with kind of fixing this later. Um, is one of those things you may discuss. You know, coming at a high level athletic perspective. Um, you know, just thinking about his injury uh, anatomically. So talking about in the thumb, most likely this is in the base of the thumb. Um, common injuries in this area, the the name of it we typically see is called a Bennett's fracture. It's at basically the base of the thumb and you'll kind of fracture there where one of those tendons can kind of pull off one of the bones um, and that tendon kind of helps bring your thumb over towards the index finger or over towards the uh, uh, small finger kind of basically part of that grip strength. That's probably what he did. Um, clearly you could fracture anywhere along kind of that, uh, whether it's the metacarpal, the longer bone behind the thumb or the same legs, the small bones in the thumb. Um, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, they mentioned that uh, he's going to need surgery on it is the plan at this point. Then you mentioned a six or eight week recovery on that. Um, and that's kind of what his, his path forward at least looks like for now. Dr. Brandon, I'm looking at the footage where it happened. Uh, Shaq Barnett was coming off, tried to knock a pass down. Both arms extended. Dax follow through hitting the left hand of Barrett. It wasn't a helmet hit. It wasn't a shoulder pad. So it was that follow-through, and you can imagine the torque. That, that, the way he was injured, is that easier to recovery from, recover from versus hitting a helmet or getting stepped on? I'm just talking about uh, what, what the, the force that caused the, the break. 
Yeah, you know, moving in that direction, anything that's more of kind of a crush-related kind of injury. So, for example, you get stepped on, smashed between something, um, a little bit more difficult to recover from just because the tissue is more traumatized uh, versus more of kind of it gets bent back in a certain motion direction tends to be maybe a little less trauma, at least to the soft tissues outside of the bony part of it. Uh, but really the big the big thing with these is how much involvement there is of the, basically what we call the articular surface or the joint surface. That's probably one of the biggest biggest determinants in terms of you know how much hardware you have to put in to fix it and long-term recovery as well as kind of long-term outcomes in terms of arthritis and stiffness and those kind of things. And Dr. Brandon, one of the things we're hearing here within the last 24 hours or so is that the Cowboys aren't planning on putting Dak Prescott onto injured reserve, meaning they're still hopeful he could return after uh, less than four weeks. And that remains to be seen. But uh, Coach Mike McCarthy said earlier today that he doesn't think it's it's unreasonable that that Dak could be back uh, doing some team activities within the next seven to 10 days, not saying he's going to be a full participant or anything like that, but they could start working him back as early as then. What does that tell you about this injury in the recovery process? Yeah, you know, let's let's talk shop on the surgery side of this. So the biggest thing is after any type of procedure, whether it's you know putting pins in, putting little slates or screws in, um, is that those first two weeks you really need time to let the incisions basically heal up. We've talked about this before in terms of an aggressive recovery. So you really don't want to be sweating on your incisions, doing aggressive work early on, just to avoid the risk of infection, which obviously really sets you down a far path. But if he gets to those first two weeks, incisions heal up well, pains under good control, then then you could potentially see him return back for at least football drills maybe by week three. do you start thinking about maybe some contact at week four potentially? I think our I think his biggest limiting factor will be just kind of the grip on the ball. Um, unless you just plan on bringing him in and have him hand off a, a couple of times, sure, or maybe maybe some short pass routes at four weeks. Um, it's a possibility. Uh, I think the biggest thing though is just a matter of how quickly can he regain that grip strength. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, Nebraska Orthopedics Center. Jock Doc Wednesday, Dak Prescott, his thumb injury. Uh, what are some things Dak can, can still do while he's nursing this thumb, that six- to eight-week eight week period? How does he stay involved physically uh, to, to keep uh, from being off his game once he can grip and rip again? Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely you got your lower body lifting going on. He's doing upper body lifts on the other side, of course. Um, again, from a cardio perspective, you just want to be careful. You're not you know, sweating a ton, getting your incisions dirty um, post-operatively. But he still could do. You probably could do some reasonable elliptical. You could even go out and do a little bit of jogging. Um, you just got to be careful about the infection risk. So he's still doing some stuff. He could be doing some non-contact drills as well uh, pretty early on. And so he can stay pretty fit. Um, and he can stay, you know, pretty tied in with the game, um, with you know this type of hand injury because he's still mobile, doesn't have any you know weight bearing restrictions at least to his lower extremities. So he could still pretty much do most things outside of contact. Doctor Brendan, is there any sort of protection that Dak Prescott could be wearing in a game moving forward on that hand? Obviously, it's a little bit uh, complicated when you play the quarterback position with as much as you use that hand, but. Uh, you would think if it's a pain factor, Dak Prescott is one of those tough guys that could be back sooner rather than later. Is there any like sort of, uh, you know, protection device, any sort of taping that can be done on that hand to keep it a little bit more protected in the game? Yeah, you know, taping is probably going to be your best bet in that scenario. Uh, obviously, any type of orthosis that you know, you know, brings about stability that is a really a firm, hard. Uh, 
fixation type device is going to be a problem for him since that's his throwing hand and even relies upon you know wrist motion, finger motion. So you're going to probably have to do something like maybe maybe some taping. Uh, but outside of that, there's unfortunately not a whole lot. Otherwise, I think you end up restricting him too much um, in his motion to be able to get back and throw and grip the ball. Dr. Brandon, how common after fractures is issue uh, down the road, like stiffness, tightness, pain? Re-injury? Re-injury. I mean, is it common? Yeah. So, you know, early on for sure, um, in terms of, you know, pain's going to be their stiffness there. Um, you know, when you look at this joint in particular, um, especially at the very kind of base part of that thumb, there's quite a bit of mobility in that joint. Um, and so it's going to take him a while, I mean, six months to a year to kind of get all your mobility back in that area. Again, his goal initially would just be enough that he can play. But, yeah, in terms of total recovery motion, you're looking at a whole year to, before you really know how much he'll get back. And he'll lose some. Um, he'll probably lose a little bit of grip strength. But hopefully within a couple you know, a couple of months, if not sooner, that will get back to a level that's, you know, functionally doesn't really notice a difference. Dr. Brandon Seifert is with us, a jock doc Wednesday. And Dr. Brandon, last thought here about thirty seconds. We saw on the sideline that the Cowboys team doctor wearing a cowboy hat as he evaluated <laughs> Dak Prescott. Is that something you've ever pulled out the, the old cowboy hat during evaluation? Or boots. <laughs> right on, you know, Dan Dan Cooper does that. He's he's terrific. Their team doc's a really, really terrific guy. Uh, he's also I think that the uh, head team position for like a professional rodeo association but yeah he's he's terrific but yeah i should i should take a page from his book and try the cowboy hat on i haven't tried that yet i might get thrown off the sidelines around here <laughs> <laughs> yeehaw we'll uh, we'll look for you in some spurs uh, some boots and, and a hat dr brandon seifert with his nebraska orthopedic center at jock doc wednesday we're talking Dak prescott dr brandon have a good week thanks for the time hey thanks fellas you guys take care Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time. Good stuff today. Lots of good phone calls and discussion about fit and what that means to you. As a Nebraska fan, what it should mean to whoever the next coach is, whether that's Mickey or beyond, uh, we will continue talking Nebraska-Oklahoma. want to say thanks to Barry Switzer. want to say thanks to Mike Babcock, Mike Shuart, Evan Bland. Tomorrow on the show, we will uh, spend more time on Oklahoma, multiple-time sportscaster of the year, former Sooner quarterback, Dean Blevins from News 9. We love Dino. He brings the juice every time. He's incredible, man. Uh, Dean Blevins with us tomorrow. Gary Barnett with us tomorrow. Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network. We'll get the weekend picks, NFL and college, and get Danny's take on Nebraska OU, that number right around 11 and a half. And then Mr. Brandon Vogel, managing editor from Hale Varsity going to join us. We are presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. But do us a favor and check out that Barry Switzer interview. That's going to be posted on H Varsity Radio. That's the Twitter handle. Also on at Hale Varsity, uh, it'll be posted podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and the full video portion of the show will be up on Hale Varsity's YouTube channel. So you can, you can uh, watch all of the show in its entirety in just a bit. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5225.
888-5865. Reminder about uh, drinking and driving. Coaches make substitutions during the game. The best players get on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. The DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Plans tonight, Elijah. Oh. I'm not asking know. you to hang out. I'm saying, what are you doing? I, I don't know. Like, legitimately, I'm going to go home. I made myself a, a beautiful dinner last night, but, like, after putting in all that work last night, mm-hmm. it might just be, like, a ramen kind of night for me. Okay. You know, I I couldn't tell you. Maybe I'll flip on a movie. My, my plans are absolutely wide open tonight, which could be dangerous or it could be uh, just a, a boring night all, t- all around. So we, we shall see. Todd emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Nebraska's former coach is an arrogant bleep just because he had the strut down to a science didn't make him a winner there's been a lot of that out there this week where uh, folks are not happy uh, with uh, where things are at uh, email from brian hey schmitty uh, if you're a current coordinator or head coach and you get a phone call from nebraska about being their next guy what questions do you have for trev about the current state of the program and maybe why he thinks things didn't work well for, for Scott Frost. Also, do you think that if Mickey is not the next guy, he's kept on? Lastly, everyone remembers how we talked about the state of the program at the end of the Riley era. What do we have to say about the state of the program uh, Frost left, uh, say, 12 months from now? I think there's talent in the program. I think there needs to be way more discipline in the program. You're seeing that day two with Mickey Joseph. Uh, the fact that they are going to hit, there's different changes. There needs to be supervision. It can't be as loose and loosey-goosey is the best way I'll put it with the, with the way they practice. And and I think Mickey will bring that out. And, and I don't think it's trash. I just think it was not managed. I think there might be more to work with now than there was at the end of the Riley era. I'm not saying this team is better, but there might be more to work with for a future coach. No, absolutely. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Thanks for hanging out. A Huda Media Production.